You are now listening to the Conversationalist Podcast. Well, hello. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Conversationalist Podcast. I'm Jesse, and I'm here with Amanda. Hi. Um, it is, I don't know, May 3rd, huh? This is, uh, Already? Yeah, May 3rd, episode 10. We've reached a big 10. Woo-woo. And we got a couple of topics. Um, our first topic's going to cover a possible dread project. Um, we'll be talking a little about a new show that should be hitting TV, um, being produced by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Um, We'll also be talking about another television show that uh, is coming to Netflix. Um, Some new additions to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and their cast. Uh, Some brief info on Captain America Civil War. Um, We're going to talk a little bit more about the Blizzard Saga um, and Nostarius, and we will, uh, basically our main topic, but we're going to talk about some other WoW-related stuff that involved another topic involving Blizzard. So I guess Blizzard's like the main topic. Um, so to start, um, Carl Urban turns to Amazon and Netflix in a quest for a new Dread project. Um, this was initially published on April 22nd through OuterPlaces.com. Um, and essentially their story revolves around a tweet that Carl Urban put out um, on the 21st of April at about 10 o'clock. Um, he tweets, Dread 2, I'll do it, at Netflix or at Amazon. There's a gold mine of awesome Mega City 1 stories. And so... You know, I mean, for those that are familiar with Dread, they'll know that it was pretty underwhelming at the box office. Um, I think it may have only made back what was put into it, but on the other hand, there was um, a large amount of DVD and Blu-ray sales that took place once it went to DVD. I think once people realized how great the movie was, it did actually sell a bunch of units. So, I mean, I think there's a loyal following of people that recognize that Dread was an excellent movie that just didn't do well. And I don't think it was due to the movie being terrible. I um, I know in previous uh, interviews with Carl Urban, he alluded to the fact that it didn't do well because um, most people just didn't know it was out. Um, so... It didn't do well because of... What's his face? Sylvester Stallone, who did the original movie. Everyone just thought of that and, like, linked it. Because the first one sucked. So everyone's like, if you were making that, this one's probably going to suck too. I think. That's what I think. And... I mean, there is some truth to that. I can honestly say that when Dread came out, 
in the back of my mind, I thought the exact same thing. I was like, oh great, they're going to try to make Judge Dredd again. The first one was epically horrible. Um, I mean, it was horrible, I guess, in a good way. I mean, I would watch the original Dredd with Sylvester Stallone again just because it kind of takes me back to like when I was younger and like watching it. I thought it was cool at the time when I was little, but then like when I want, you know, watched it again as an adult, I was like, oh my god, this is like they completely <laughs> murdered their storyline. So, um, you know, I think that it's. I mean, I think yeah, that was part of the problem. But I know when Dread was being released in theaters, that I was like, okay, you know, how much time did they really put into this movie? And I remember seeing some of the trailers for Dread. I thought to myself, eh. I I mean, to me, it just didn't seem like the the trailers did the movie justice. And I think, I mean, I, maybe they could have made the trailers a little bit better. I mean, I mean the 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 movie is like pretty ultra violent, so I mean maybe they can only pick and choose like so much, without either one giving too much stuff away or two without it being too violent. Um, so I mean maybe that was it. I mean it could have been the taboo, the R rating. Um, but. I, you know, I think that this is kind of exciting that Carl Urban's basically putting out there that if there isn't interest in a movie, that he's willing to go the Netflix or Amazon route. Because, I mean, we've seen the production quality of shows that Amazon's put out and that Netflix has put out. I mean, right now Netflix is helping build a small, you know, Marvel universe um you know so i think that i mean although jet you know dread obviously isn't in a a marvel comic it's a i think it was dark horse is a dark horse comic but you know i think that they make really well-made shows that obviously are i mean I guess what I'm trying to say is that the production quality of Netflix and Amazon are in some ways, I think, or actually in a lot of ways, better than mainstream TV. They're not having to play to... I mean, maybe they are having to play with numbers a little bit. I mean, obviously you need watchers, but they're a subscription service too, so they have that going for them where television deals specifically with commercials only and so when you're having to kind of sway with okay this not pulling these numbers and it's not generating these sales and we can't sell this air you know i mean there's certain shows that were excellent on tv but they just didn't have the numbers and so they got the axe right and so i don't think netflix or amazon have to kind of deal with that as much as your basic television broadcasting companies do um I mean, there were excellent movies or, uh, well, television shows. I mean, that are basically just, like, really long fucking movies, you know, that have dealt, you know, that have, you know, been broadcast on Netflix or even Amazon. Um, I'm trying to think of that one Amazon show that was, uh, like, pretty violent, but at the same time, cool. It had, um, Ron Perlman in it. Do you remember the name of that movie? Was it, like... 
Well, you were, he show. was ultra religious. Yeah. Something about God. Yeah. I. God dang it. It's gonna. I know. It's gonna kill me. No, is that? Why do I feel like it has something about a preacher? It was like it. the hand of God, or I don't know, something like that. I mean, I'm probably like completely off. Anyways, I was hoping Amanda would know since she tends to remember all kinds of information like that. But anyways, this this show that has Ron Perlman in it on Amazon was an excellent was an excellent show. I mean, I was actually looking forward, you know, to this show when it came out, and um, you know, that show. I think, I mean, to me, showed that Amazon was, you know, going to be bringing the same kind of caliber of, of shows that um, Netflix had already been bringing. Because it is Hand of God. It is Hand of God. Okay, cool. And so, um, you know, because when initially when we started watching some of these, like, Netflix shows that Netflix is putting out, we would just see that it said Netflix original and we're like, it must be good. And so we would just watch all these Netflix originals and they were great. And so, you know, you got Amazon there that um, is doing shows like Hand of God with Ron Perlman, but they're drawing big talent too. Cause I mean, Ron, Ron Perlman's a fucking great actor. And, um, you know, and then you have like, uh, was it the man in the high castle? Um, now that show is, equally fantastic we mowed through that show you know so we can't wait for you know season two to come out for that and so i think you know if a show's able to draw or you know i mean i guess not show but like netflix or amazon is able to pull big names like this i mean shit carl urban's right i mean if he's willing to do it and he's gonna go to that platform it's not gonna water down you know the the movie or source material itself i think that netflix or amazon would do it justice and so it'd be really exciting to see i mean it'd probably be more exciting to see it come out in netflix or amazon as much as i'd love to see a, a second movie i mean because the first movie was great it's only two hours right you know i mean we could potentially get 12 episodes you know 45 48 minutes a piece of you know a huge storyline having to do with Mega City One. I mean, I think the Netflix does movies though too. Right. I mean, I know they do movies, but I mean, to me, it just seems like it would be better if it was like a mini series. You know, and they they made it across a shit ton of episodes. I mean, because they could just do so much with a show as opposed to a movie. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I'm I'm really excited and I I hope that, you know, Netflix or Amazon kind of picks up on Carl Urban's interest and that they, you know, get into negotiations for him to come in and, you know, and reprise his role because I think he deserves a second chance or you know, at the very minimum maybe a set, you know, a second movie that does extremely well and then maybe they'll make uh, you know, a mini series out of it. You know, who knows? They could do they could, you know, they could test the second movie, see if it draws in a shitload of, uh, you know, viewers or, you know, plays, and then obviously go from there and maybe move into a miniseries or the other way around. You know, who knows? Um, it, I just, it, I don't know, it excites me. I like Carl, uh, Carl Urban as an actor. I think he was perfect for the dread role. Almost on a level, um, 
you know, him him playing Dread to me is like uh, John Bernthal is Punisher. It's just like a role that was like kind of made for them. So pretty neat. Hopefully they uh, see that and uh, talk to Carl Urban would be totally awesome. Maybe they'll let him take his helmet off this time. <laughs> yeah, I remember you said it was like a waste. What is a waste? <laughs> Still don't understand that move. Whatever. Well, and since we're on the topic of TV, we move on to another show. Um, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are looking for badass vets to star in a new reality show. Um, this original story was on wearethemight.com. I think it might have been wearethemighty.com, and I totally re- uh, typoed that. Um, <laughs> but this was put out on April 26th, and uh, basically it's going to be a new reality show that's going to be on Verizon's Go90 mobile video network. Um, the show's called The Runner, and it'll feature contestants that try to make their way across the country without being caught. Um, there'll be like teams of pursuers that'll be going after them, or or the audience in general. And uh, the winner of the game will get a million dollars. So I guess the person has to get across the country and can either be caught by pursuers or audience members that are savvy to the to the show. So an audience member could potentially ca- catch them. Which is fucking crazy because that makes it even more difficult, you know? I mean, Mm -hmm. with how big social media is and, you know, like, live broadcasts and all that kind of stuff, it would be interesting to see how they're going to do that. Um, So, um, the runner is casting the show in two groups, um, runners and chasers. And uh, according to um, the, the show runners is that um, runners must be shrewd, in good shape, and independent. Um, be self-reliant. Um, ideally, a runner is adaptive, re- uh, resilient, uh, street smart, with great strategy. And chasers must apply as a two-person team. Um, they must be outgoing, clever, competitive, and in good shape. And it doesn't matter if the team consists of friends, relatives, or coworkers, as long as you can strategize to win. So, um, with that... You know, there's a certain skill set that you're going to tend to look for when you're dealing with a runner. And so ultimately, it looks like the producers are specifically looking for military personnel with like some sort of seer training um, or other survival training or some sort of special operations background. So I think the story seems really cool. I like the premise and I think it would be a really exciting show. I could see it you know, being watched by a ton of people. To me... Why are they doing it on Verizon's stupid mobile crap? Might be all they could, you know, garner... That's lame. You know, enough enough support for. They're they're big enough names that should have gone somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. I mean, maybe it's going to be, like I said, maybe it's going to be something where there's going to be cameras... You know, on this chase, like, the whole time to where you can basically, like, tap in and just, like, watch a show. There might be some unique aspect to it. That's what I hope, if it's going to be on that kind of network, because it would be stupid to just have, like, a regular-ass show on something that niche. I mean, I could... Because, okay, when I read the premise for this show, immediately I thought Cannonball Run. You remember the show, like, where you had to drive across the country and you had to make it to, like, a certain point racing, Mm, which you had to go through... Okay, so Cannonball, <laughs> the way Cannonball Run worked is you had two-person teams, 
that, you know, you, you had different cars, you know, some were fast, some were slow, whatever the case was, and, you know, you basically had locations to where you needed to go next. You had to stop at certain points, and they basically timed you from point A to point B, um, you know, so that even if you stopped at that location, you know, it kind of, like, tiered off. So, you know, one person might be able to leave at a certain time because they had a lead when they came in, and... You know, you you went to your next point, but you had to like you know complete tasks and all that kind of stuff, almost like kind of like a game show sort of, you know, at these locations. But then like shenanigans would happen. People would try to, you know, fuck with your car or lock you in your own room or do stuff to kind of like hinder your ability to leave on time or, you know, um, whatever. You know, and sometimes you you shot yourself in the foot because you didn't have a good navigator and you had to read a map. From what I understand, you couldn't use GPS. It had to be a map. Isn't you know, that so, like the Amazing Race where you have to like get to places and people can? Well, right. An Amazing Race is not. I mean, Amazing Race. I mean, I guess that there's a similar concept, but Cannibal Run was before the Amazing Race. It was an older show, so that, that's what it seemed like to me. And I really liked the Cannonball Run. So, um, this seems really cool to me. I mean, it's obviously a different spin, and it's going to be a lot longer than like racing across the country in a car although i mean i guess if you're you know i mean i don't think this dude's gonna run on foot the whole fucking way so you know at some point he's gonna be switching cars or whatever there's gonna be more than one isn't there runner probably not i know there's gonna be multiple groups chasing that person so i don't know uh hope for the best you know hope the show ends up being as good as i hope it would be um I, i i guess you know you point out that it is kind of on a weird broadcasting platform, so, you know, maybe that'll kind of doom the show before it even comes out. So, we'll see. They are on America's most reliable 4G network, right? But we have Verizon. I don't ever watch anything like that on my phone, so... <laughs> yeah, so they're... They... I, would, I would be more willing to watch that on TV than on my phone. True dat. So, while we're still on the topic of television, we move on to the Punisher TV series officially coming to Netflix. Now, we had talked about this before, and we were pretty confident that this was going to happen. But remember, we even read the article where the guy's all, no, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, we liked Jeff everybody- with a PH, <laughs> liar. Oh, yeah, he was like, ooh, yay, all the, all the positive response, and he already knew that was going to fucking happen. Dick. Yeah. So, this was through uh, comicbook.com. This was published on April 29th. Um, It says that Netflix has ordered uh, Marvel's Daredevil spinoff series, which is based on The Punisher, duh. Um, John Bernthal will reprise his role as uh, Frank Castle, obviously. Um, And this is going to be the sixth Marvel series at Netflix. We just mentioned this. Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and the crossover miniseries The Defenders. So... Um, I was very happy to hear that they actually went forward with the Punisher series. I mean, I knew we knew it was going to happen at some point. Of course it was. Like, of course it was. Like, it was, he was too good of a character not to have his own freaking television show. Like, it just wouldn't make sense if they just never did it. Like, people would probably riot in the streets and fucking burn cars outside. It's like if Daryl Dixon dies, (laughs) people will riot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many times people joked about that? But how many people are serious? We'll find out when the new season starts, huh? We'll find out who dies. Right. 
Oh, God. Yeah, that's a whole nother fucking story. So, um, you know, so, I mean, we're like, yes, we knew it. And, and, you know, I mean, even conservatively speaking, I'm like, okay, even if they don't do the Punisher series immediately, they're still going to have him, like, involved in Daredevil, you know, deeply in the storyline, and then they're going to do it a, a following season. Like, you know, like you said, it was going to happen. So, uh, obviously, awesome, awesome news there. So now we can expect another fantastic show from Netflix, obviously crossing over. More binging. woohoo! Yeah, with uh, more crossover with all of the people in Hell's Kitchen. It's a party. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> hey, it's Hell's Kitchen. It just sounds terrible, right? Yeah, so why are all those people living there? Get out. Pack it up. Cut it out. <laughs> so, um, kind of go in a movie direction now. Um, we found out that Nathan Fillion is joining uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, potentially as Wonder Man. This was from okay. Geek and Sundry. Um, published April 25th and um, you know kind of try to gloss over this but says it's been known for quite some time that Nathan Fillion was going to be doing a small cameo of some sort in the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 um, but there were some photos that came out of him on set um, that led people to believe that um, he was going to be playing the character of Simon Williams whose character is known as Wonder Man in kind of falls in the Marvel canon um so uh for those that don't know who or what Wonder Man is he's a chemically altered superhero um rival to Tony Stark um he has kind of a similar heritage with like his I don't know like as a munitions industrialist and uh I guess he's been an Avenger, and he's also involved in the silver in, in the silver in the <laughs> Civil War plotline. Um, so obviously, it makes sense for you know the Wonder Man character to fit in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So um, I mean, I guess it's not hard to see like you know Nathan Fillion, you know, kind of playing a role of like Wonder Man. Um, you know, in this movie, and then, you know, specifically pertaining to Guardians of the Galaxy, just because, like, well, and, and like it says in the, uh, Geek and Sundry story, that he's used to playing the rugged spacefaring type, so... And how? Yeah, so, I think that, uh, that'll be cool. I mean, to me, it seems like, I mean, as far as, like, a movie role... It's a pretty big role for Nathan Fillion, right? That'll be I mean, a good one. Yeah. yeah. I mean he's he, he I mean he's like a cool personable dude. Like we've we've been to a bunch of stuff where, you know, he's been there live either like moderating or being interviewed, you know, at different conventions and stuff like that. And he's generally always like pretty funny and like everybody knows and loves him. And everybody's always like, Oh my god, fucking Nathan Fillion <laughs> You know? It gets crazy for Nathan, so He's got a huge following, so um, there may be like a feverish following for the Guardians of the Galaxy too. Um, just to see Nathan, 
Never know. See how snexy he is as the mo- as uh, Wonder Man. That just sounds funny, though. Wonder Man when there's a Wonder Woman. Well, fuck. I mean, how many? I mean, how many cool superhero names can you come up with when like all the other cool superhero names are taken? I don't know, but Wonder Man, like. Somebody probably thought it was good when they fucking made it. And well, like, I'm yeah. sure they did. <laughs> Wonder Man, fuck yeah, that sounds cool. So I think it'll be neat. I mean, obviously he's a good addition to the, um, to the, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe itself. Um, you know, most people liked him in the short-lived Firefly, not just liked but fucking loved, on a cult level. You know, so much so that I mean, obviously it generated enough interest for them to, you know, finish the storyline of Firefly with Serenity. So, you know, consider the, you know, considering the fact he's been in a bunch of other television shows and, you know, that those shows are, you know, pretty popular and he's done multiple seasons of these other shows. I think that uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be cool and a good fit for the cast. I mean... Well, he's got that sense of humor that he, he could fit in with them and... Right. I mean, he doesn't it's he doesn't been. seem to stick out like a sore thumb, right? No. It kind of seems like he would kind of just mesh right in there like a Lego. Boop. So, basically, it'll be cool to see. We'll definitely go to see Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Shit, we saw I saw Guardians of the Galaxy like in theaters like three times. Went with family, went another time had to take my daughter, she fell asleep. <laughs> she was super sad, so then we had to go take her to see it a third time cuz daughter absolutely loves that movie. So, um awesome shit. And, uh, you know, on, on uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff, um, Captain America Civil War is going to be released um, this weekend. And, you know, obviously check your local box office for times and dates because a lot of places, like especially here in our town, um, they do a lot of like sneak preview shit on Thursdays. You know, starting as early as eight or nine o'clock for a you popular not movie go like see this, it without me. and you know they have the midnight showings and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, you might be able to see it a little early if they haven't sold out of tickets already. Um, as of right now, they've already released it internationally, and the movie has sold, or made, I should say, made over two hundred million dollars, and that was as of like. A day or so ago, and I actually wrote up these show notes. So, it's probably up to some other astronomical amount of money, and that's just the international release. Thought that doesn't even tally in the states at all. So, it's gonna be a big, 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 big money maker. Not that anybody ever doubted the Captain America Civil War's ability. Everyone needs to cry. Yeah. Now there's gonna be tears. <laughs> Tears, many tears. Sad day. So, yeah, it'll probably be a sad day when you come back from out of town and I've already seen the movie with the kids. You better oh, not. Snap. You did that last year, too, for freaking <laughs> Avengers Age of Ultron movie. I didn't. Yeah, you did. Nope. Lies. Well, you know what they say. History repeats itself. Son of a- <laughs> no? It'll hurt you. <laughs> Anyways... Um, now, for part of our main topic, um, Blizzard is meeting with Nostalrius for negotiations. Now, when I say that they're meeting with it, I'm not meaning that they're going to meet sometime today, obviously, because I'm recording on May 3rd, and, um, I believe this meeting already took place, 
Um, this was through BattleChat.com, and it was published May first, uh, twenty sixteen. So they um, and from their story, it looked as though they had actually like done an initial story, and then they started updating it with like tweets or whatever. So um, Nestorius begins tweeted on April twenty ninth at about seven in the morning that uh, Blizzard was willing to meet them on their campus and an announcement would be coming, um, you know, this coming weekend. So, um, you know, with that said, it's not surprising because there was a petition that had kind of come out where they were trying to garner support for the fact that, you know, Blizzard, you know, sent that legal notice that uh, they wanted the server shut down. And after the servers, uh, the vanilla servers got shut down, um, that petition ended up garnering over 200,000 individual signatures from people who weren't very happy with the shutdown. So, um, about two and a half hours later, um, Nisarius begins tweeted, uh, Precision, uh, the meeting date is not yet decided. We'll keep you updated as usual. Thanks, Blizzard, for listening. And, uh, so then the following day on April 30th at about 6.45 in the evening, they put, uh, dev team promised you something special, more information tomorrow. And then they tweeted at 9.30 in the morning on May 1st, uploading some files and announce is coming. So I'm assuming they meant announcement. Maybe they were so excited they couldn't type properly. <laughs> um, but you know, the question is, what will it be? You know, have they come to some sort of agreement? Are they going to fire the servers back up? Is it going to be subscription-based again? Are they going to run, like, a third-party service for Blizzard? You know, is Blizzard going to step in and, you know, fire up a server or two to, um, you know, basically have a legacy server and, you know, have these guys basically come on board to you know, offer support for that? I mean, there's a lot of questions, and there really hasn't been an announcement yet, so kind of curious to find out. Well, the whole the whole legacy server topic has been an interesting one to follow as a whole, I think, because, um, well, you know, I, I follow that girl, um, Trade Chat, on Twitter, and she was talking about it, and I didn't catch the whole conversation because I don't use twitter a whole lot uh but she had somebody who had started like tweeting at her like these really hateful messages because he was basically saying that she was like up blizzard's ass and i don't know it sounded to me like maybe she wasn't completely for the legacy servers and he was for them and then a bunch of other people were like for them too and but sending her like really hateful things and i thought you know that's kind of sh you know that that's not good because there are a lot of us that like the idea of a legacy server but wouldn't treat somebody like that and it's like you're kind of giving the rest of us a bad name i mean that's well, slightly off topic i know but it's still it's like you know, you can't get your point across if you're basically telling somebody to go kill themselves and, like, die. Like, huh. you know, or, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> just, like, really bad things. <laughs> it's like, give me the legacy server or die. Well, kill yourself. Like, you had told me previously that, like, 
at one point the trade chat wasn't part of a, a beta and that she basically had complained to a bunch of her followers how she didn't get this beta key and how eventually these people had hounded Blizzard so much that she ended up getting this beta key or, um, you know, and there's some truth to that in that, you know, there's been instances where she's actually attended Blizzard um, or BlizzCon um, like as a like a Blizzard affiliate, you know, like at a Blizzard booth, like representing Blizzard. And so to me, it seems like you already kind of know what her stance is going to be. I mean, obviously, if she's kind of on Blizzard's teat and is like, oh, you know, give me open, you know, give me beta keys when I'm not initially invited and, you know, send me to BlizzCon, you know, for free and as a, you know, as an affiliate of Blizzard and, you know, have me do all these things. Obviously, you can't bite the hand that feeds you. You know, she's got a huge following. And so, to me, it seems like if she were to be like, yeah, legacy servers, fucking yeah, woo, you know, Nastaris, let's do this. Blizzard's going to be like, um, fuck you then. You know, right. I mean, I think even with a shitload of followers, you just can't go off and, you know, turn your back on the people that have been supporting you that whole time. So, I think she was in a precarious position because obviously she has a little following of gamers, people that love Blizzard obviously current and past um you know specifically with the legacy servers and so she can't necessarily you know throw in her hat for support for the legacy servers but the same thing is is i mean she could have just kind of been a neutral person i mean you don't have to come out and be like you know i don't think they're a good idea i mean she could have just been like you know i like wow past and present you know whatever they decide ultimately i'm okay with you know, I would play it if they if they made it, but I'm not gonna play it on a three par- on a three on a third party pirate server. And that could have been the end of that. You know what I mean? Right. But I think the thing was is people were pissy, and you know, although I'm not gonna say that I condone like threats of violence or anybody fucking you know being you know that fucking agitated about somebody's stance on something because obviously everybody has you know the right to you know an opinion. And obviously that right to an opinion doesn't mean that somebody doesn't have the right to say something back. You know, I'm not saying that. You know, obviously you're out in the world, the real world and, you know, there is no fucking safe space. Um, you know, so people are going to have opposing views and there's going to be consequences to any comments that you're going to make. But if you know that you have this, like, huge following of people that feel strongly about this the last thing you should be doing is going out there and being like, well, this is how I feel on it. And I think they're a bad idea. Cause then you're basically saying like, fuck you to the other half of the users that don't feel that way. You know, obviously she's got a huge following and she's managed to monetize it on the level where that's basically what she does. And if she wants to continue to have a good following of people, Um, you know, and continue to, like, monetize her brand, per se, then she has to learn to be, like, a little politician and kind of tiptoe around shit because when you take absolute stances on a black or white scale, you're going to fucking piss off people. Right. Well, and like I said, I don't don't know exactly what started it. I don't know if she had made a video or if she had tweeted something because I didn't see what exactly started it, but she had started... Um... What what caught my eye about it was she had started tweeting about this particular user, and then from there I went back and started reading the things that he had been writing, and then what he brought his friends into it, and then later she started posting 
picture or screenshots of what other people had been tweeting at her about, you know, the legacy servers and how they felt about people that didn't agree with them. And, and that's, that's a topic for another time, but that's something, that's something that she does is if you don't agree with her, she puts your shit on blast. She puts it out there and lets her followers kind of go into attack mode towards that person, which I don't agree with. But I mean, it's, back to the legacy servers it's just you know if if you want it you should be telling blizzard can telling blizzard not a blizzard supporter you should be telling blizzard in a constructive way why you want it not instead attacking people who don't want it and telling them to kill themselves or calling them nasty names you should just do it in a positive way to the people that actually matter right and you can change it you know, but on the positive note, it seems like there's going to be an announcement coming sometime soon, whether it's going to be posted on Battle Chat first or whether, you know, Nastal Race Begins is going to put it out first or whether they're going to put it out after Blizzard makes an official announcement. I guess we'll just wait and see within the next couple of days, hopefully, and it doesn't take longer than that. So um, just kind of keep our ear to the ground on that and hope for, you know, something along the line of an original vanilla legacy server. That would be fucking great. Um and while we're on the topic of Blizzard and the World of Warcraft, um, the uh, there there also seemed to be a little affirmation to another topic that we had briefly touched on, where it you know we kind of weren't really sure of the validity of whether or not you know World of uh, or Blizzard was actually going to be doing any sort of like oh if you buy a movie ticket you're gonna get you know these benefits. Um, it turns out there was some truth to that. So the truth of uh, the matter has come to light, and this is via um, blizzardwatch.com. It was actually posted yesterday, uh, May 2nd, and it's Transmog's game time that may come with a movie ticket. Um, so as it turns out, there are some people that have been getting these wonderful additions to their movie ticket purchases, but they're mainly people that are attending the movie in Europe. So, um, I actually read another article. I, I thought some people were uh, were getting these benefits from, like, might have been France or Italy. Um, so, the, the benefits that people were getting with these movie tickets were four transmogs, two ally and two horde, um, the allies get uh, King Lane, Sword and Shield, and the Horde get like Gul'dan's Staff and Durotan's Axe. So those were the different transmogs, um, like for the legendaries. You get a month of game time, and um, you get all of the copies of WoW through Warlords of Draenor, plus a 90 boost. Um, so... You know, it didn't indicate whether or not this was all included in just a regular ticket purchase. But if it is, holy shit. That is amazing, if it is. I mean, but you think about this for a minute. And, I mean, right now, Blizzard's sitting at about 5 or 6 million users as it stands. I mean, they're pretty much in the low point of subscribers right now. And the amount of people that are obviously going to go see this movie, if they include all of these things as a means to get and possibly draw 
new, fresher blood into the World of Warcraft, I mean, they could see huge boosts in their numbers. And, I mean, really, they're not losing any money by doing this because those people that don't already have any of this stuff probably weren't going to buy it before they saw the movie anyways. But, obviously, if they're given every expansion through World of War Warlords of Draenor and they like the game, that's going to generate sales because it's going to get them to buy Legion. The one month of game time, obviously, if they like it, they're going to start buying more game time. You know, all they're doing is giving time away. They're not giving them money. The transmogs are just in-game items that it's, you know, part of the game anyways and a 90 boost so they can see what the current portion of the game is like. So, I mean, really, they're just saying, hey, yeah, download all of our shit. You know, give it a try. You know, because it's more than likely going to result in extra game time being purchased, obviously Legion being sold, you know, any number of things being sold. So, I think it's extremely smart because it's not, I mean, it's going to boost numbers everywhere. Ultimately, you know, if people don't end up playing it, who cares? That just means there's going to be a bunch of noobs running around. <laughs> yeah, uh, what I, the article I was reading, it was basically saying that, like, if you have alts that you want to level, like, to 100 or whatever, you better level them now. Because once the movie hits, if there are, like, a bunch of these noobs are going to start downloading the game, you know, obviously they're going to start at 90 with the boost, so if you're still in the 90s, you're going to be playing with a bunch of noobs. So you better get those things to 100 real quick because you're going to have a f fucking shitty time unless you just quest your whole way through it. You know, so hopefully that's not... Yeah, I mean, there's some truth to that. I mean, obviously there's going to be some veteran players that are still going to be playing, but, you know, if you see that huge numbers boost like you would expect, um, yeah... There's going to be veteran players are going to want to avoid that like the plague. What is it like that one part in the guild when they're talking when he's talking about selling the game? They're like they're going to turn into casuals. No, yeah, they they were talking about like keeping. Um, God damn it! What was his name? Mister Wiggly. They were going to keep uh, her husband in the game, and that he they were going to set. He was going to like reduce like their median standard to. Uh, a standard that was so low that he's like, dare I say it, we're going to be casuals. <laughs> Everybody's like, no! You know, so, uh, you know, I, I mean, honestly, I think this is pretty neat. Um, because, okay, I have an account. I have actually two accounts. I mean, they're two accounts that are obviously linked to the same Battle.net user. Um, you know, Amanda's got one or two accounts that are linked to the same Battle.net user. And, uh, you know, I've thought about letting my son play. He seems interested in the game, and he really he really wants to give the game a go. And he's, you know, getting better at playing some more advanced games. And so, um, you know, I did want to let him try it out. But at the same time, like, I don't want him screwing with uh, any of my accounts or, like, accidentally deleting my characters or doing any number of fucking things that I would, like, hate to come back to and, like, found out, like, oh, he, you know, he, he moved my action bars around or some shit. Um, so, you know, it would be nice to be able to, like, okay, boom, buy a movie ticket, and he automatically has his own Battle.net account, and he's got all of the expansions, he's got his level 90 boost, and, like, he's pretty much ready to go. I mean, obviously, I can help him level an alternate character if I needed to, because I have every character on Horde Ad Alliance on multiple servers, so, um, I'm an alcoholic. Help! Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, um... 
a lot of stuff that we thought that uh, was going to be legitimate or stuff that was going to happen has actually come to pass. So, you know, not to pat ourselves on the back, but I will. So, uh, you know, um, it's uh, been an exciting uh, week or two. So, you know, hopefully, you know, uh, the Captain America Civil War movie ends up being awesome, which obviously it is. It's coming out this weekend. You got World of Warcraft coming out June 10th. You have a new Punisher series coming out pretty soon. Hopefully and potentially, you know, a Dread movie that may, well, I guess it may get picked up by Netflix or Amazon's like a huge fucking leap being as it was just a tweet. Um, but, you know, hopefully they catch on. Um, you know, Nathan Fillion becoming a member of uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy cast. And, uh, you know, legacy servers, you know, possibly being a thing. Um, so, um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at, uh, thatconversationalist at gmail.com. Um, you can, uh, check out our Facebook page, um, at conversationalist. Uh, you can, uh, tweet us at, um, thatconpodcast. And, um, you know, for any updates that we might uh, retweet from other places as, you know, news comes in. Um, you can also listen to us. Obviously, if you're listening to us now, you may be streaming from SoundCloud at That Conversationalist. Um, or you can download us on iTunes at Conversationalist. So, um, thanks for listening. And it's episode 10. And I bid you good day. Bye. 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 <laughs>